welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you've made heaven and earth. And you rule. You rule. Now, um, when we are in Oh man, we meet every Wednesday evening to pray for the nation. And we need to be in this place (laughs) to pray for specific things. We pray for quite a lot of specific things because people have stories and people they've met and situations. And we pray for that, but we also intercede. That is, we call out to God to do the thing that he did in in his day in in the word of God. Because he's not changed. You alone are the God of heaven and earth. You alone are the ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. Um, And you look at the world and you think, wow, well it's a mess. And it seems to be getting messier. (laughs) Uh, Are you still still the one enthroned above the cherubim? Yes, I am, says the Lord. Gloriously, wondrously. It's a faith challenge, isn't it? Just to believe that in our day and not be intimidated and not just turn on the telly and close it out. We just, there's a place we can, can stand and we need each other. I love, we both say this, we love this prayer meeting on a Wednesday night. It's one hour from eight till nine, their time. And it's, it's brilliant. It's amazing what you can pray in one hour. And... Uh, I don't know, it's just it's the most satisfying thing I think we do week by week. And, um, and, and we can get to this place, we can get beyond this place. We get beyond this place, and I want to see what beyond this place looks like. But it's the beginning, yeah? It's the beginning, he's, he's in charge. See, I have a dream, a personal dream, and... Um, no, I think I'll, I'll come back to that. Sorry, I just—I wasn't deliberate to wet your appetite. I might I'll hopefully get back to. Let's just go to the other scripture because it's so important. Um, and it's Isaiah, and this is a compatriot time. Isaiah 19, if you would. Um, and, and you know, Isaiah is sort of doing—he's—he's he's basically pronouncing doom over one nation after another. Oh, you Egypt, doom, doom, doom's coming. Oh, you, uh, and wherever it is, Edam, and you, and, and there's a whole series of them. Oracle concerning Damascus, you're in trouble. Concerning Cush, concerning Moab, concerning Philistine, con- and judge Babylon, judgments, 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 bad news, bad news, bad news. And then it kicks in to prophetic statements about there's going to be a day, in that day, this is going to happen. And in that day, and there's a prophetic statement. Let's read it. I think we're starting from um, in that day. Yeah, in that day, verse um, 19. Verse 19. And it's, this is to Egypt. He spent the beginning of chapter 19 talking about doom for them. This is going to fail. That's going to fail. You're in a mess. Anyway, let's read. In that day, 
that prophetic day, that day to come. There will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. And when they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a saviour and defender and deliver them. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. And the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day. And worship with sacrifice and offering. And they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. The Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing. And they will return to the Lord. And he will listen to their pleas for mercy and heal them. In that day... There will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. And Assyria will come into Egypt. And Egypt into Assyria. And the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. In that day. (laughs) This is incredible. In that day Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria. A blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. It's a remarkable passage in that day. Has this day happened? No, not yet. There's a day when there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria where what will unite is worship of the living God in Jesus Christ. There will be a revelation of Jesus. There will be this altar. It says there will be an altar. An altar speaks of sacrifice, the place of sacrifice. In Egypt, even to its borders, defining it. It says there will be a monument at the borders, a tower, There will be this altar in the land. The place of sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. The place for reconciliation with those who were enemies who now can become your friends. The place where the heart has been turned and there's worship in the land. This is being prophesied by Isaiah. There will be a day in that day when Egypt, currently Coptic Christians make up 15 to 20%. And they're getting bombed to bits. Some of them. Uh, But they're living in the good of a promise that is yet to be fulfilled. And that Assyria, this this enemy of the time, is going to... It's God's handiwork. How do you call that? Could we see the map of Assyria, please? Sadly, that's not very bright. But the green was the... Empire of Assyria, Sennacherib and his successor at the time that this has been written. That is a good portion of the Middle East that we are, has been prophesied into. Egypt down in the bottom and there's going to be a highway right through Israel, right into the empire of Assyria. Nineveh, you remember the guy who wouldn't go because <laughs> he... We wanted to go on a boat somewhere else. 
well, he had to go in the end, and he had to go to Nineveh, which is the headquarters. It was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. So we're right up into Turkey. We're right over into uh, Iran, Persia, as it was. We're down into Egypt, right across that whole area. And um, it's prophesying to the Middle East that there will be a day when Egypt and Assyria, instead of being enemies, along with Israel, instead of being enemies, they're two (laughs) biggest enemies throughout the history of the Bible, until the Romans come, I suppose, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. And there's a prophecy. So, you see, you can't, okay, thanks, turn that off. There can't be anything specifically about Islam in the Bible because it didn't come until 600 years after Jesus. Muhammad died in 632 AD. Um, but there is this prophecy, for example. Um, I don't know if, you, if you're into theological stuff, which probably not. <laughs> but there's an amazing book called The Mission of God by J.H. Wright. He's a theologian. And he decided he wanted, he wanted to study the whole Bible from the point of view of the God who is on mission. He's taking the message of reconciliation with God through the sacrifice of a saviour to the whole world. And he, he wants to trace it, and he does. And So Genesis 12 becomes really important. Abraham, you know, I'll bless you, and you'll be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. It's, it's the gospel in advance, as Paul calls it in Galatians. He says, Abraham preached the gospel in advance. How did he do that? Oh, you receive a blessing from God. Have you received a blessing from God? I certainly have. <laughs> he saved me. <laughs> and then he just keeps showing me favor. And man, I don't deserve it. I know that. But he's just good. That's his nature. He's so good. He's so very good. He's unbelievably good. More good than you will ever or I will ever quite grasp. And it's... Um, but anyway, that's, uh, that's the story, isn't it? Uh, forgotten where I was <laughs> but, um, hey where was I Lord <laughs> yeah yeah that was it thank you so much he blesses us so that we can be a blessing and if you look in um, I'll come back to theologian but this is his point he's making in, in that last verse of Isaiah 19 he says in that day Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth whom the Lord of hosts has blessed. So the one, so that is the Abrahamic promise. I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. Who's going to be a blessing? Assyria? You joking? Sennacherib? Him? Never. Yeah, yeah, him. In fact, if you read on <laughs> wonderfully, you know, like Isaiah can go on. Um, he, he says, I'm, I'm going to destroy Sennacherib. I'm going to put a hook in his nose and I'm going to take him home. And he's going to die. And his sons kill him, actually. And, um, and 180,000 of his people get killed surrounding Jerusalem by the angel of death coming to them in the middle of the night. You know, miracles are possible. 
Change can happen in a moment. That's amazing. And if you want to get into the story, just read Isaiah 36, 37, 37, where he repeats what the story we've just read in Kings. He repeats it there. And he goes on to prophesy what's going to happen to Assyria. And he says, you're my handiwork. I'm using you. You're mine. And, and, and the Bible does this, doesn't he? Cyrus, you're mine. You're, you know, what? Him? He's killing your people. Yeah, but he's my handiwork. I'm using him. There's a, isn't it amazing that he would say, Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, Israel, my inheritance. I, I thought, you know, when, when they're leaving Egypt, they have to say, let my people go. By which we mean the people of Israel. Now here God is saying, Egypt, my people. My people. These are my people. Assyria, Syria, Iraq, Turkey, Persia. These are my people. They're my handiwork. And Israel is my inheritance. Because I invested everything in her. And this isn't about Israel. This, this is the gospel where there's neither Jew nor Gentile. That there's just one new man in Christ. Which is the vision of the family of Grace Church in Moscow. We break down every barrier between the races by the grace of God. So we can't hold Jew and Gentile as a defining difference in our modern day. We have to see the Middle East is God is going to do, bless all three. It's going to come together. This is a remarkable... Anyway, this, let me tell you what Mr. Wright has to say about it in his big tome of a book. Personally, he says, of Isaiah 19, 24, 25, I find this one of the most breathtaking pronouncements of any prophet and certainly one of the most significant texts in the Old Testament for mission. Goes on to say, the multinational nature of the community of people through whom God plans to bless all nations of the earth is here already prefigured. You see, Egypt and Assyria just represent all Gentiles. It's not just two nations. It is those nations, but it's much more. It's like this magnificent picture popping out before time of what God is going to do. And it's going to, that what will bring nations together is worship of Jesus. Isa, al Messiah, Jesus the Messiah. That's what they called in the Quran. And he is the Messiah, the promised Savior, deliverer. And so, how could we pray? Well, just take some of the things that are in that short passage in Isaiah. If we can get to the place of faith, we can pray. Um, we can pray for <laughs> this altar. In Egypt, the place where people discover this genuinely can be forgiveness of sins. There can be reconciliation. Their heart can be changed that they could worship. Uh, that they would have, there would be prayers for mercy going up to heaven. That's what it says. You'll pray for mercy. It says God will make himself known and they will know God. Well, that's something to pray for, isn't it? Coming together in worship. There are specifics in this passage you can take out and ask God to do it in our day. That that day would be this day. And it's all going to add up to that day becoming this day. 
Prayer is a mighty, mighty resource when we face these challenges. And uh, I'll just finish with this. We, we'd like to invite anyone who'd like to come for an evening of prayer on Wednesday. Um, just for an hour, eight till nine, we'll pray. If you want a cup of tea, come a bit earlier. But we want to join with our friends in Oman who will be praying in their time, eight till nine, just for an hour. Uh, and we're going to just pick up some of these things and learn how to pray for change how to appeal to our God, how to lift him up, how to exalt, how to start in worship and we meet with God, we sing a song like this, amazing change. But I finish with this story. I, in, we used to pray. God gave us something. God gave us this, I guess. But every week on a Tuesday night, I think it was, we, a small group of us met to pray in the 80s. I'm going back a long time. That the that this the wall, the Berlin Wall, this dividing wall between communist countries and the West would come down, that it would be destroyed. And we prayed about it on a weekly basis for quite some time. And there was a night, and it's a graphic memory for me. I saw the wall crack. I saw it in the spirit. I saw this crack. It was a light, like a lightning strike. And it came on the wall and it just put this crack through it. And I thought, one day that wall is coming down. It was at least five years before it did. It did come down. Maybe about five years after that revelation. I'm praying the same for the Middle East. That what is happening in Iran. Iran has suffered 40 years of incredible oppression. And now it's the fastest growing church in the world. And thousands and thousands of, of Iranians are coming to Christ. Through satellite, through all sorts, through young evangelists just fearlessly going out. I tell you, it can happen. It's happened in Iran. I mean, we've got a living testament in our day. Maybe it takes 40 years of oppression. Maybe it takes radical Islam to so stir people to consider, is this what I believe? Is this what I want to be defined as? Or is there another way? Maybe I just need to find out. Maybe I'll talk to that Christian. Can I have a word with you? These things happen. They happen. And, uh, and I, I, I believe this is a prophetic passage, just an illustration, but a powerful one of what God is going to do across the Islamic world. And my heart is particularly for the Middle East and the Arab world.